And now, live from the shadow of America's mountain, this is Rocky Mountain Revival Radio. Welcome to Rocky Mountain Revival Radio. I'm your host, Heath, and with me as always are my amazing co-hosts, Michael and Ethan. Michael, how are you doing today? I am so excited for today's episode. <laughs> I am too. Ethan, how are you doing? Um... I'm here. You? <laughs> I'm here. Well, I'm, we're glad you're here. <laughs> All right. And before we get into today's show, like we always do, let's get a few housekeeping items out of the way. Make sure to check out rmr.live for all the latest information and updates about the show. There is a contact us form on the website for feedback, comments, suggestions, to suggest a guest, to be a guest. doesn't matter what you want to use it for, but if you want to communicate with us, use that form. If you need prayer, there are two ways that we would love to partner with you in prayer. The first, of course, is the prayer request form on the website. The second, you may write us at prayer at rmr.live. While you're on the website, be sure to check out the Linktree link, which gets you to all of our socials and all the stuffs. If you are watching on YouTube and Rumble, please like and subscribe. Doing that helps us to be able to go live. So we want to get that benchmark so we can actually go live and do live shows for everyone. And make sure to follow us on Facebook for additional content and information that I sometimes don't post on the website. And if you like the show and the show's content and feel led to donate to us, there are links to do so on the website uh, in the show description down below. And it's going to be probably right around Ethan's chin on the screen if you're watching. Um, Yeah, right there. So there will be links for that as well. And let's get into it. We have another amazing show for you today. This episode is going to wrap up the Seven Mountain Series. This is Seven Mountain Series uh, Part 7. The official title is Religion, although we can use faith or church or whatever whatever word we want to throw in there that means the same thing um and of course if you like today's show and today's topic we encourage you to share it with your friends your families your co-workers your sisters cousins nephews former roommate doesn't matter just share it with them why because sharing is caring all right now before we get into today's topic we do have um some commercials and today commercials are going to be brought to you by ethan and the number six Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) I get to be the amazing teller. Okay, so. We have both Rocky Mountain Revival Radio and Waymaker Ministries is now a partner with Bite Tag. You don't know what that is, I shall tell you. (laughs) Bite Tag is the safest and most advanced pet tag on the market. It allows you to create a personal profile for you and your pet. So if you want to put on your phone number, or my my dog likes other pets, or it's good with children, or blah, blah, blah. You can put blah, blah, blah. And you can put as much information or as little information as you want someone to know. The tag has a GPS tracking tracking system, so you can, from your phone, you can track your pet if it tries to escape or whatever. Um, There is a no monthly or annual service or subscription fees, and Byte tag brings puts your privacy first, and. This can be for any of your pets. This can be for your dog. This can be for your cat. 
whatever. And you, it's just this tag that you put on your dog's collar, and people can scan it with their phones, and it'll bring up the information that you put in. And so, yeah, bite tag is truly the last pet tag you will ever need. As an added bonus, when you use discount code RMRR15, you get a you get a 15% discount off the purchase price. Next, it, next up, our next commercial is for Redemption Squad Ministries. The last outreach was on the 11th. Um, you guys have any testimonies? Um, it was a great outreach. Cannot wait yeah. to go again next month, actually. Yeah. Yeah, so it'll be next month. We are not sure when it will be held, um, but it will be at some point next month. Um, let's see. Ooh, the newest, the most liked one. That, so, do you guys need new shoes? Are you having back pain? Or are you having knee pain? Or late, or feet pain? Valentine Covered Shoes is for you. Valentine Covered Shoes is a veteran-owned business by our by Radiant Church's own Sean and Amy Blake. If you have a prescribed doctor's thing, you can go in and you can say, Hey, I have back pain or such and such, and they will give you a, a shoe that is suited suitable for what you need and for your needs. Or, if you don't need a shoe, you can just stop by and, and just go see Sean and ask for a prayer. Because they will, they are always, they will always love to pray with you and for you. True story. Um, I'm not even going to try and tell the street address because we never get it right. Except for that two, the two times that we did. Um. Okay, so. Um, that's it for Valentine Comfort Shoes. The next one is a book. Are you, have you, have you been feeling the need for a, for a holy book? Well, Holy, Re holy Rebel is the book for you. Holy Rebel is a book that was created by Radiant Church's lead pastors, pastors Todd and Kelly Hudnall. They created this book, um, a few They've been working on this book for a few years, and they released it. Um, Dad, why don't you give us some more information about that? Well, um, <clears throat> Holy Rebel has actually been out for a couple months now and is available on paperback, uh, Kindle, uh, Audible, and uh, you can also go to holyrebel.co to get information about the book, or you can go to radchurchapparel.com for a signed copy of the book by Todd and Kelly. And this book is definitely a book for our time, for this generation, for now. Um, there is so much amazing content in here, and, and just um, uh, the fact that this book has been touched by you know some of the guest speakers we've had at church recently. Um, you know they're reading it multiple times, and just really. Um, touched by the stuff that's in there and i gotta say every time i'm picking it up and reading it it just it speaks so many so many things to me so uh this is definitely a book that should be in your library that you should be reading uh, a couple times over for sure yeah yeah so if if you're looking for a book that is 
that is that is Christian inspired. This is the book for you. Okay, and finally, are you a guitar player looking for a guitar? You want to get into the to the industry of guitar? Well, the, the industry of guitar. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Do you want to get into the music industry by playing guitar? Would would maybe be you. the <laughs> Well, Wyoming Custom Guitars is for you. Custom custom and handcrafted guitars built in Green River, Wyoming. Bill Palmer has been writing music, singing music, and playing guitars since 1979. He's that old. Your grandpa's going to appreciate that comment. I know. <laughs> and the advertising. <laughs> and the links are down below somewhere, either under my chin or somewhere else. Um, in, in the show description below and probably under your face if you're watching the video. Yeah. Um, Wyoming Custom Guitars, if you want to visit the website, is wyomingcustomguitars.com. That website is still being worked on. Or if you just want to hear some music that he's been, he played with his band, uh, you can go to twoguyswithguitars.com or you can just look up Two Guys With Guitars on Apple Music. Um, and it so, is worth noting it is two spelled out, not the number two. The number two yeah. takes you to another group that's not the one that we're talking about. So yeah, don't so go there. Two, go to TWO. Yeah, TWO. Um, and so yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Ethan, for running us through the commercials today. <laughs> that's a fun, refreshing change of pace for sure. Um, <clears throat> so as we mentioned earlier, this show is the last show in the seven mountain series and this is the mountain of religion and according to the definition given by sevenmountains.com it is the belief in and worship of a higher power either god or the supernatural there are hundreds of belief groups across the globe with the four major religions being christianity islam hinduism and buddhism the belief of any group of people provides the cultural framework for that society and as we've talked about uh, with the other six mountains, there are spiritual forces to be aware of in in each mountain that uh, that we're talking about. And in this particular mountain, the spiritual war on this mountain has always been over or who will be worshipped. The war is between love and hate, light and darkness, control and freedom, blessings and curses. Uh, and this is referenced in Ephesians 6.12 out of the NIV, which states, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So that is, that's the, the spiritual forces we encounter on this mountain. And we've got a few things we want to get into, you know, as far as like what kind of religion is. Um, kind of some early stuff about the foundation of the Christian church and a few other things. But before we kind of dive into some of those topics, thoughts, Michael? Uh, yeah, I, I do have some thoughts. I Honestly, though, my thoughts are probably most suited for a little bit later on. Okay. <clears throat> um, right. But I, I do want to say a word of encouragement. I'll, I'll start off with a word of encouragement. So, um, I think one important key to this mountain, especially getting started on the trailhead, if you are in Christ, if you're born again, one thing us Christians need to stop doing is calling ourselves just merely humans. We're just humans. Oh, it's okay. We're just humans. 
And I'll explain more why on that why, but later. But right. that's so that's kind of my cliffhanger on that. But but that is actually um, not necessarily true. And so take heart because God sees a higher trajectory for you as we ascend into him on the mountain of Ecclesia, the church mountain, the faith mountain. Keith, please proceed. All right. So um, one of the one of the first things that I came across as I was kind of doing show prep is really what is religion? And so sim- the simple answer to that is it's man's attempt to get to know God or some trans transcendent being who has the answers to humankind's basic questions of who who am I? Why am I here? What is my purpose and where am I going? Now, again, for each of the religions that I mentioned earlier, there's going to be a different um, a different head to that. And of course, we're we're going to focus on the Christianity side of life uh, because, again, Jesus and Rocky Mountain Revival Radio kind of go hand in hand. So um, that's where we're going to he, focus. He's been taking center stage of recent with these uh, revivals breaking out. Uh, uh, we should probably oh. honor him. Yeah, totally, definitely. Between revivals and and the new movie, like it, it's just there's there's a lot of Jesus in the news, and we're very happy and thankful for that. So, um, we're going to continue um, with our faith and beliefs in Him as we produce this broadcast. So, um, one thing that I also kind of ran across, uh, the Christian Church is described in the Greek language as the Ecclesia. Um, And this word is defined as a gathering of citizens called out from their homes into some public place, an assembly or in a congregation. Um, In the New Testament, Ecclesia is commonly translated as church. And and you can reference Acts 11, 26 or 1 Corinthians 15, 9 for that as well. Um, The called out assembly then is a congregation of believers whom God has called out of the world and into his wonderful light, according to 1 Peter 2, 9. Um, another common literal translation of the word ecclesia means governing body. This translation suggests that the church should have great influence in all other spheres, i.e. the other six mountains that make up a society. With, mm. a, with a plethora of categorized religions around the world, it is the church's responsibility to reach the lost with the love and gospel of Jesus and expand the kingdom in ministerial efforts, both nationally and internationally. Um, our spirituality must uh, influence this mountain of religion to shape the mindset of humanity through a righteous judgment of peace because we are a mountain called by God to be a spiritual government over all the other mountains. And we talked in part four of this series, the government episode, that Jesus came to establish the kingdom of God on earth as referenced in Isaiah 9, 6, and 7 and Luke 1, 28 through 33. Well, we also talked on that episode um, that the kingdom is actually within you, uh, according to Luke 17, 20, 21 and Mark 12, 34. So for those counting scripture verses, we're already in the we're almost in the double digits. So, yay. Uh, (laughs) um, (laughs) So and even uh, even in Matthew, uh, Matthew 16, uh, 18 through 19. So there's another one. um, Jesus was talking to Peter uh, that. He says, I tell you, uh, Peter, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So basically, Jesus is promising to build his church um, and, and give Peter the keys to the kingdom. So the true church is nothing more than the reign of God in the hearts of men. 
Um, obviously, the church is simply an extension of Christ's heavenly kingdom here on earth as he reigns through the church on earth. And let's see here. What else is the church than an extension of Christ's heaven, heavenly kingdom on earth? When we enter the church of our Lord, we enter into Christ's eternal heavenly kingdom. Um, mm. You know, it, the, there was... Guys, there was so much information as I was reading through this. The Holy Spirit just kept pointing me to things throughout Scripture. Uh, matter of fact, I, from there I bumped over into Revelation, um, where where it says the Revelation fifteen three, the kingdom cannot be shaken because Jesus Christ is the King of the ages, and in Revelation seventeen fourteen, He is the King of Kings. Um, and so, from our standpoint, I think the direction I wanted to take this particular episode is just the fact that you know Jesus Christ is the center of of our faith and beliefs um, here at Rocky Mountain Revival Radio. Um, we believe that Jesus is King. We believe that His kingdom is the only kingdom. There is no other. Um, and He 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 tells us this actually in the Great Commission that. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus, and therefore we are to go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that he commanded, and surely he would be with us always to the very end of the ages. And that's from Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Um, so yeah, thoughts on that, or do you want me to keep rolling? I love, I love how you mentioned a you you made a comment that we enter the kingdom already and uh this is a mountain uh, unlike the others because there's a front door at the base of this mountain <laughs> um and you know you enter into the lord and and uh and the community of the lord uh in this mountain i yeah i don't know heath if there's like a trail i mean you can ascend you know it might be an escalator inside might be an elevator inside you know right but it's it's um it's a very welcoming um immediate and not yet entrance into this world uh and and i bet you there's portals kind of so just to like kind of maybe put some uh artistic touch here on what you were saying Sounds to me like there's portals in this mountain into all the other mountains, right? Right. The the business mountain, the art mountain, uh, the media mountain, right? Uh, the government. It sounds like this is a central mountain, and there's provided by the Lord. There's portals. There's doors into other mountains within this mountain. Well, you know, I really didn't, I really didn't get this until you were explaining that. But one thing that I was sitting here just kind of popped into my head, you know, we chose this episode to be last for a reason, because we truly felt that this episode, this particular mountain was the most important mountain. Um, and really, if, if you want to uh, diagram that out, you put this mountain in the center and the other ones kind of around it. So it's, it's kind mm -hmm. of a web, but this one touches every other mountain and it is supposed to have sovereignty and a voice and authority in amongst those other six mountains. So this right. mountain is, is the biggest of them all for sure. Um, at, at least as far as everything that I see, everything. I know everything I've read, um, you know, just studying the seven mountain concept. Uh, this one is by far the most influential. And the other thing about this one that I find so amazing is you don't have to be um, a pastor or a teacher 
or a scholar or or anything like that to actually be a participant in this mountain because here's the great news if you have proclaimed Jesus your lord and savior with your mouth guess what you're on the mountain okay and believed in your heart that's right that's right so if you've if that's you've right. confessed it and believed it you're on the mountain okay you're 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 in the game you're playing okay there there's no mm-hmm. there's no sitting on the sidelines here you're in the game and so we we have a um a duty and an obligation then to really speak into these other spheres of influence, into these other mountains, um, because we are, you know, Christ was given authority and we are through Christ given authority to speak over things and into situations and over, you know, the, what is it? The, 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 the scorpion and the snake or the, or yeah, the, lion, or... the lion and the cobra. That's what it is. Um, right. You know, and so we have authority to speak against, um, you know, principalities and powers of darkness and to, to cast things out in Jesus name and all those things. And so we have authority to speak and it's up to us as believers to actually recognize our authority and then step up and speak that authority. Um, so we should be influencing the mountain of government. We should have influence in the mountain of family. We should have influence in education, in, you know, in all of those those six mountains we've talked about previously, you have authority there. And I think that's awesome. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, So, so moving on. So uh, again, my, my initial things that I was being led to in all this was really just establishing, you know, Christ's authority here on earth and kind of setting up the framework for the establishment of the church. Um, Because through, uh, through the Gospels, basically, through Jesus' time on earth and then for a little bit after his resurrection, um, his his ministry was was him and the disciples and, and people that he was teaching and, and making more disciples and more disciples and more disciples. Um, it wasn't until after the fact that then the disciples went out and started establishing what we now know as the church um, on the earth. And, and so all of the reading that I did, um, again, the Holy Spirit, spirit was just pointing me to all this stuff. Um, I dropped into Ephesians one where we were talking about the nature of God's kingdom. That is that Christ reign is supreme in that Christ is preeminent. God raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under Jesus' feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. And then, then I got bounced over to Philippians, where it's at Philippians 2, 8 through 11. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name, that the name of Jesus, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the Father. And then I got bounced over to Daniel 7, 27, where it says, then the sovereignty, power, and greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven will be handed over to the saints, the people of the Most High. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom, and all rulers will worship and obey him. And then from that point, um, then I started this this intense look at the book of Acts, because that's really um, the history of the church. 
expansion, you know, and further expansion of the kingdom. Um, this is the time when Christian ideas and beliefs were being formulated and when the organization of the church into a worldwide movement was being developed. Um, and this is actually where the first time um, in, in Acts eleven twenty six verse C is the first time that believers or the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Um, the early disciples, of course, being the apostles of Jesus, um, they were known as the people of the way or followers of Christ. And again, referencing John 14, 6, Acts 9, 2, Acts 19, 8, 9, and Acts uh, 19, 23, Acts 22, 4, Acts 24, 22. Like, I'm telling you guys, the Holy Spirit took me through so many things and verses uh, coming up with just my framework for this part of the show. Um you know, basically, the other thing, too, if you're looking for a framework of framework of the church, um, pretty much every scholar, every book, everything I looked at pointed that Paul's letter to the church in Corinth. Uh, so basically, the book First Corinthians is going to be the earliest written testimony of what Christian faith is. And there, I've actually got a great breakdown of that. Um, he talks about some 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 disorder within the Corinthian community he talks about division in the church, moral disorders. Then he provides answers to Corinthian questions. He talks about marriage and virginity. He talks about offerings to idols. He talks about, um, you know, the Lord's supper, spiritual gifts, the resurrection of Jesus, the resurrection of dead, um, you know, all these things. And basically just lays out like, this is kind of the, the early, the early church handbook, um, first Corinthians. And, and I found that to be like fascinating and, and reading back through it. I was like, Oh yeah, that kind of makes sense. You know, cause having read it several times before it, it didn't like pop that way for me. And so reading it now, I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's really good. Heath, why don't, why don't we give an example of that? Um, I'll, I'll read a, I'll read a very instructional portion of Corinthians. Sound good. Sure. All right, 1 Corinthians 14, 26 through, let's call it 33. What then shall we say, brothers, when you come together, everyone has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation? All these must be done for the strengthening of the church. All of these must be done for the strengthening of the church. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at the most three should speak one at a time and someone must interpret. If there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and God. Two or three prophets should speak and the others should weigh carefully what is said. And, and they should weigh, I just want to emphasize the other prophets should weigh not speak negatively of the other prophet not belittle right that prophet should these prophets should weigh carefully <laughs> what is said and if a revelation comes to someone who is sitting down the first speaker should stop for you can all prophesy in turn so that at, whoa if a revelation comes to someone who is sitting down the first speaker should stop for you can all prophesy in turn, so everyone may be instructed and encouraged. The spirits of prophets, the spirits of prophets are subject to the control of prophets, for God is not a God of disorder, 
but of peace. I'd also like to point out that in context, that's uh, that's in context of prophets speaking amongst amongst prophets there, uh, not uh, not an out of uh, context verse thrown at a prophet to quiet the prophet. Right. So anyway, these are just uh, this is a really good example of what Heath was just talking about. Uh, Paul's Paul really pinpoints on instruction uh, and highlights common practice for every, especially Gentile um, church in the area in right. in in Rome in yeah in Rome's expansion all over these cities. Yeah, it's actually you know kind of neat to go back and reread. Um, some of the stuff that that the Holy Spirit pointed me to again, just to kind of get the fact that you know there was this whole movement of bringing these Gentile the Gentiles in and and kind of introducing them to to Jesus and and everything that he stood for, everything he died for, and to see some of those transformations and to to see some of those you know struggles that the early church was having. Um, you know, sometimes I don't think that it's all that different than some of the struggles that churches nowadays are having. Um, there, no you way. See, you see these repeated themes. Um, wow. You know that, like, it's not just you a. Mean you know, the Bible still applies to yes, like. Yes. Yes. Wow. Exactly. Thank you this for helping good. me he, make this that man, point. He, this is a good show. <laughs> We're having a good show today. He... <laughs> you know um and and to, to I guess further prove my point earlier about the fact that we have a. a purpose and a mission in this mountain to speak into the other mountains acts 2028 specifically mm -hmm. says keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the holy spirit has made you overseers be shepherds of the church of god which he bought with his own blood Ooh. that last line be shepherds of the church of god that is so powerful which he bought with his own blood um come on that is that is so um, that puts the fear of God in you so <laughs> quickly. Yeah. Yeah. It, it made my you shepherds, my, my spine tingle <laughs> a little bit reading that. Wow. Um, you know, because again, we have power and authority. And if you don't believe that, actually, I'm going to, I'm actually going to read the verse. I just made a note to talk about it, but I'm actually going to pull it up and read it. So give me just a second here. Um, you know, it's imperative that as believers, we understand that John 14, 12 is for now, today. Mm. Now, it's not an old, you know, a, a New Testament thing, you know, 2,000 years ago. Um, this scripture is for every believer right now that we are to do the works of Jesus and greater. And so actually the verse specifically says, I'm read out of the NIV, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the father may be glorified in the son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. But again, that first part where he's saying you will do the works I've been doing and even greater things than these. So if you think about all the miracles that Jesus did here on earth. Um, and there are way more documented than what's in the Bible. I, I've heard mm -hmm. people talk about the fact that if they were to actually document all the miracles that Jesus did, we wouldn't be able to write that all down in a book. Um, there were that many. And so I believe John says that. Yeah, I, I 
I think so too. Um, and, and so the the point is that that we as believers have that same authority to conduct healings and miracles, signs and wonders, to cast out demons, to you know cure sickness. Um, those things are right here. The words say, the Bible says, and this is the true word of God that we are to do the things he did and greater. Okay. And so that gives you the authority. If you're thinking, well, I, I don't have the authority to operate. Yes, you do right there. John 14, 12 is your, your, you know, bad, yeah, you know, sh- sh- cop shield, whatever, whatever we're going to call it. You know, mm-hmm. that is your, your authority scripture that says you can do all those things. So stop mm-hmm. doubting it. Just do it. Um, because you were, you're told you can, um, Hey no. Heath, let's yeah. let's step into that one more step in. Sure. Um let's let's probably borrow from Bill Russell just a smidge. <laughs> I would why don't why don't we go through um oh okay, let's talk about this guys. So one, do we even believe we have something to give out of our relationship in Christ? Maybe you're not at that place in your faith with him yet or your knowledge of him or your relationship with him yet. And maybe you are. Keith, can you walk us through just uh, 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 Peter and John going to the uh, gate beautiful and going to the man? Do you remember that teaching? I know this is off the cuff here. That is off the cuff, and I'm not sure I remember enough to actually okay. like dive in. So uh, let's see if I can do this. So, okay, Peter and John, they go to the gate. Beautiful. There's a blind. No, there's a lame man. He's lame. He's lame. He's been lame for a long time. He's begging. He lifts up. He's like he's looking down, and you know it's he's begging for alms. You know. Uh. Yeah, I think it's Peter and John. Yeah, Peter and John, they they go, hey, uh, Peter goes, hey, look at me. And so the guy, okay, I'm looking at, you know, are you going to give me cash or not? Peter says, silver and gold, mm-hmm. I don't have any of that. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, of Nazareth rise and walk. Okay. Um, they did not give him money, but they gave something. They gave, they gave what they had of Jesus to him. Uh, he, it reminds me of when the women with the woman, uh, with the flow of blood, finally makes it to the hem of Jesus's garment and grabs it. And he felt power leave him and she was healed. Yes. So that, that's a, that would be a good cross reference for what happened, except uh, Peter hands it out. Whereas the woman by faith takes it. So Heath can maybe, maybe that's a good diving board for you to, to hop into that. I, because because we are compelling people to do the stuff 
well, let's let's give them a, at least a taste, so maybe they can, in faith, um, apply a healing ministry of the Lord, not not themselves, of the Lord working in them and through them, or of a um, an encouraging word. An encouraging word is passed along the same exact way as a healing work would be passed along. It's out of the anointing. Heath, go for it. Right. So we actually. We all as believers have all of that at our disposal instantly as soon as we accept and believe, okay? And so you can do the same thing that, and it is, it's Acts 3, 1 through 11 uh, when it's John and Peter going and they and they okay. actually tell the guy, hey, we got nothing to give you, but you can go ahead and pick up your mat and walk. And the guy immediately jumps up, you know, so you think that the disciple that's the disciples doing that, not Jesus doing that. Right. I mean, it is, yeah. it is the Holy spirit through the disciples, but for the context, we're, we're, we're looking at a real world example here of, of two guys who were not Jesus performing a miracle. Cause this guy had right. been, he, this guy had been lame and not moving for since birth, um, according to the yes. scripture. Um, so he'd been there for, you know, I think that I want to say something like 30 years or something like that. Like it was a, we're trying to encourage exactly. We're trying to encourage our listeners to say they were with Jesus. He taught them how to do this as a man. Yes. He was man and God, fully man, fully God, 100% on each. However, he taught them how to do this stuff. He released the anointing. He released the power to do these things early on before before Acts 2, guys, this was probably within their knowledge of Jesus and their knowledge of practicing Jesus' teachings uh, at at Matthew 10 and Luke 10, not Acts 2. So so I wanted to, I, we wanted to encourage because we have been on repetitive, well, you know, teachers are repetitive, right? It's good to have repetitiveness, but we want to encourage you go in in faith and impart what you have of jesus to them um so if you're only at encouraging words keep on doing encouraging words as paul would say okay also um is your jesus contagious do you have enough of jesus for your jesus to be contagious is jesus showing out of you enough for you to be able to even walk up to said, do you even, could you even look that guy in the eye? Was his, would his smell be too much for you guys? We got to have more of Jesus flowing out of us. We got to be spending time in the presence of Jesus. We, we need, we need discipleship. We need to be eating the word all the time. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of <laughs> my preach. Go ahead. Well, I was, I was just going to tag onto that with, you know, it, it does take an act of faith to step out and do these things. Yeah. Um, but, but the, the other scripture that I want to point you to because of that is first Corinthians 13, uh, four through 12 and, uh, 12 a and then verse 13 because that is the love chapter and there's a reason that's in there because out of all the spiritual gifts out of all the things the greatest of these things is love and it is out of love for fellow man out of love for jesus that we go out and we say hey 
in the name of Jesus be healed. Now it's not it's not our job to to heal that person or whatever. That's us taking a faith step, the Holy Spirit moving through us, and they may or may not be healed. That is completely between them and God. It's our job as believers to step up in faith if the Holy Spirit says, Hey, Go speak yeah. to this person. Go heal this person. Go, you know, whatever. It's it your could be job. planting seed or watering. Right. But the growth is the Lord's. Right. And if you've listened to the show for a minute, you know that we talked about healing specifically with our friend Donna Wilcox. You know, she'd mm. been uh, suffering from this back stuff forever and ever. And we as a body prayed for her when she was at our church. And we, you know, Pastor Kelly had fully expected that day that Donna was going to be jumping and doing cartwheels and all this stuff. And she wasn't. And it kind of discouraged Pastor Kelly for a minute. And then she got alone with the Lord and the Lord was like, hey, there's a bigger bigger planet work here. So just be patient for a minute. And lo and behold, <laughs> a little while later, Don is at the Mario Mar Marillo tent and gets healed that night in front of thousands of people. And which, online. And online. So I mean, a, a thousands much, online too. Yeah. A much bigger impact than just a, you know, a couple hundred people at Radiant Church. Um, right. thousands of people and people worldwide watching online. This woman got healed. You don't think that brought some testimony? You don't think that brought some glory to God? Because that's what all this is about. It's not the fact that, hey, Heath just went and healed somebody or Michael went and healed somebody. No, it's about God's glory and part of God's plan. And so we may step mm -hmm. out in boldness and in faith and say, in Jesus' name, be healed, or you know, we cast out whatever in Jesus' name. And it may happen and it may not happen, but we have to have the faith to know that this is in God's hands, his control, his timing, his way. So he may heal him right there and he may not. He may just have you step up to just make sure that you're being faithful, that you're still being obedient, that you're still, yeah. you're right. still wanting to be in the game. It's a relationship. Yeah. It's a relationship with him. Your instructor at times is going to give you some, some tests. Right. <laughs> exactly. Well, and, and I get holy, I get holy ghost goosebumps when thinking about Donna Wilcox uh, walking and leaping and praising God. Right. Like, cause she literally did that. She was like not having the greatest time doing that. Then she's, she's like, Oh my goodness, I'm healed. And she, it just hit her and she's going nuts. It was so cool. Right. And, and for just as a side note, we are working to get her on the show. Um, she actually wants to come on. We're just trying to work out some scheduling so that we can get her on. We can share that testimony with our, our international listeners on the podcast, even with, with our, you know, yes. YouTube audience as well, just because we want to, we want to share that testimony from her perspective because we've talked about it at least five or six times on the show for sure, if not more. Um, but you know, the other thing about this mountain, you know, especially given, the last couple of weeks. And I think it's interesting that at the beginning of the series, we chose to wait till the end. And then we've had a couple of weeks of God doing some amazing stuff across the United States with, with a, re a movement of revival. Um, and, and to be able to talk about that a little bit in this mountain, you know, uh, we talked about a little bit last episode that, um, you know, revival typically takes place when, when we as believers, we kind of sat back, we haven't said anything, we haven't really done much, we've just kind of witnessed things taking place, and we realize, oh, wow, society's kind of out of hand, and things are kind of a mess, and so we start praying for revival, we start praying for a move of God, 
And sometimes these things take years and years and years to to foster and to pour into with with prayer and fasting. And and then we see things like, you know, Asbury happened a couple weeks ago. And mm-hmm. we see other college campuses springing up with revival, um, you know, and a move of God. And so, uh, again, that whole revival piece ties into what I said earlier in the show about the fact we have responsibility to take action in these other seven mountains to, to be a voice of reason, a voice of empathy, compassion, love, but also of, 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 I guess, judgment and love and in kindness, you know, to be like, Hey, this isn't right. This is morally wrong. This is not something that we should be sitting by and allowing to happen. It's our job as believers to use the voice that we've been given. You know, like Michael said, that may be just an encouraging word to somebody. It may be from a preacher teacher standpoint to be out you know, teaching a message every week. It may be worship leaders singing a song. It may be the evangelist out on the street talking about how God's coming again and we need to get ready. Like we all have a part to play depending upon what our gifts are, but it's up to us as believers to not be sitting on the bench. We've got to get in the game. And that's why I was encouraged about this revival because again, we saw online people being healed. We saw demons being cast out. We saw a group of, of young adults coming together to praise and worship Jesus and to pray together without having a big name evangelist, without having a big name preacher, teacher, pastor, without having a big name worship leader there. They did it amongst themselves. And so that means that, means that revival can take place and happen wherever you are. You can be in Addis Ababa. You can be in Indonesia. You can be in somewhere in Malaysia. You can be in France or in Great Britain. It doesn't, it's not just here in the United States. It can be anywhere where you are. A move of God can break out just like that. And you're going to see miracle signs and wonders. But you have to be doing your part to pray into it and believe into it that God's going to move. Because our prayers and our praise and our worship allow God to move. It opens the doorway for him to do that. So we've got to do it. Go. We're talking about revival. What what better way to really revive us, even right now, and our listeners? Let's talk about Jesus' thoughts and doctrines about people in him his own ideas thoughts but he he's presenting it as current realities for for what people look like in him (laughs) Heath, Heath, before i start going further do you have any idea what i'm talking about here um that sounds to me like uh what you'd mentioned earlier kind of about the sermon on the mount uh, how um his his parable there um, confused some, but there were plenty that got it and understood that Jesus is talking about a better way of of being decent human beings, about showing love and kindness and compassion. And, and that sermon is probably one of the ones that I think most pastors talk about when they're picking great sermons from Jesus. That was a great one. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm excited. Okay, so Jesus went, I'm going to start in uh, 
Matthew 4 and get into a little bit of 5. And anyone who is familiar with the Bible, especially the book of Matthew, knows where I'm at. But uh, 4.23, Matthew 4.23, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain. Okay, so we have, there's people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases. Okay, here we go. Suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, epileptics, the paralytics, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis. Okay, so I, as we list the areas especially, I kind of want us to pay attention to the different areas and most certainly the different types of peoples here. These are not uh, purebred Jews. Not all of them are. Some, some might be, but this is, this is all... Um, the demographics. This is all the different graphic demographics in the area. No, not not one type of person is out here. Um, large crowds from Galilee. Now and nowadays they call it the Galilee. So I want to say the Galilee every time I get to it now. But <laughs> large crowds from the Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea and the region across the Jordan followed him. So we got we got some from the other side of the Mississippi. We got some from the west side of the Mississippi. We got some folks from up north. We got some folks from down south. We have the Californians. We have the New Yorkers. We got, we got all of them. All the demographics are present. We have half-breed Jews, purebred Jews, I say half-breed because that's what the purebred Jews called the Samaritans. Half-breeds. That's what they were. Um, we, have, we have some Greeks from the Decapolis, the Ten Cities. Uh, if you're watching The Chosen, you kind of get a flavor of the different types of peoples. They, they just recently showed all the different types of peoples out of the Decapolis. Um, yeah, not all very religious. Not all of them religious, but all of them curious and hearing amazing things that Jesus is doing. Right. So let's continue. Now, when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. What an interesting, <laughs> what an interesting response to seeing all these types of people accumulate to you. And that's amazing. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them saying, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. Hmm. Blessed are the peacemakers, 
for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way, in the same way, in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Keith, I emphasize blessed there because I we got to look at that word blessed. This is Jesus's idea here. Right. He's taking a Greek word. Koine Greek is what they were speaking in those days. He's taking a Greek concept and a Greek word. Makarios. Makarios is the word he uses here. Heath, I have a question for you. All right. Uh, and this is just for uh, drama. So if you don't know the answer, uh, don't worry about it. Heath, why were the Greeks in this time using the word Makarios? What did it describe? Um, actually, it's more of a... I want to say like a happy, um, happy type of thing. You're, you're blessed. You're well off. Um, yeah, I was actually trying to cheat and look it up, but I don't have an actual why don't definition. You, so why don't you look it up and get the, the Strong's, That's the Strong's is going to give, the Strong's is going to give us the, the religious definition, which is completely fine, but it is, uh, very commonly known that this word Makarios is also, uh, heavily tied to this. The Greeks. So we've been trying to talk about the word Makarios. Makarios, Makarios, Makarios. Yep, it's we're clear so far. <laughs> okay. So according to the uh, Strong's that I pulled up here, Makarios is the root word etymology is a prolonged form of the poetic poetical makar meaning the same when we get down to the definition makarios is a prolonged form of that meaning supremely blessed by extension fortunate or well off so blessed happy um so yeah that's right. the definition so that's the same thing as like if we gave the definition of what coca-cola is we would have we need to be able to give what Coca-Cola means to a nation. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an icon in this nation. That's, that's the point the, the definition of Coca-Cola won't tell you what the nation did with this word. It, what is Coca-Cola? You know? Yeah, we could talk about it, but you have to know what it is and what it has been And that Santa Claus is a part of it. And polar bears are a part of it. Like it's, it's a whole thing that we need to know. So here's what, here's what the Greeks did and the Romans did with this word. It was the word to describe a better being of person like Hercules. It was the word to describe the demigods, the Spartans. Okay. It was a word to describe. Um, give me some more demigods besides Hercules. I just went blank. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, there those dudes. Yeah. Those guys. The, yeah. The myth, the mythological gods and goddesses of uh ancient greece and and rome so yeah. that's that those are who we're talking about yeah and their kids especially their kids 
So those gods and goddesses, their kids, then they had they had kids with the humans and stuff. Oh, that sounds a lot like the Nephilim. Hmm. Hmm. Sorry, just a moment there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, um, yeah. So what I'm trying to say is this: Jesus steals without sinning. He takes the culture. He takes that word, just like he used. He takes the word and the concept of apostle. Apostle was. Uh, it means sent one. Okay. Well, of course it means sent one, but what did it mean to the nation? Well, Rome was doing some conquering in those days. Right. Right. And so they would send in a general from headquarters, from, from the empire, from, from, you know, their Washington DC, they, they send in the general, the general, and he would implement the culture of Rome to the new conquered area. So let's say they conquered Egypt. Well, and they eventually did conquer Egypt, but they would send the culture of Rome to Egypt via the apostle. That was a military term. Well, same thing here. This is a gods and goddesses, uh, sons and daughters term. Okay. That is what blessed means here. That is the context of that word blessed. It is makarios, meaning, guys, meaning that at the beginning of the show, I said, why do we, it is actually almost satanic when we say I'm just merely human. If you're in Christ, you are born again. You are not just merely human and, and, and put aside day of Pentecost for a moment. Put aside the baptism and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. If you are born again, if, if the Lord has saved you, okay, and you desire him to be your Lord and Savior, and, and you're in that, you are makarios. It says, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. For, because, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Mm. So good. Okay. Did, so did good. we understand this? It means, okay, the demigods, okay, the half humans, half God, theirs was there. They participated. They had access somehow to Zeus <laughs> eventually. Okay. We are part of, we are God's children at some point in this thing, in this, in this by blood covenant of Jesus. Okay. Theirs, ours is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called sons of God. How, how is blessed just happy and blessed if we are, called sons of god uh blessed are the pure in heart how'd you get pure in heart for they will see god how do you see god if you're merely a human we're talking about the invisible god here okay blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy you're shown mercy by god the perfect judge mm -hmm. how are you shown mercy by god the perfect judge if you are not one of his sons or daughters. Blessed Makarios, a word used for the Greeks to describe a guy like Hercules. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. I guarantee you, 
when you were merely human, you were not hungering and thirsting for righteousness like like a like a believer in Christ does. Right. He he supercharges you from heaven. Remember, Jesus also said the kingdom of heaven is at hand, meaning he brought the vortex. He brought the portal because he entered in. He brought it with him. Therefore, we have access in him. Okay. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So not only does he say, hey, you're going to have like a really holy hunger and thirst for righteousness. Oh, great. You know, that's great. That's pretty cool. Oh, you're going to get filled. Uh, blessed are the meek. Meek is control. Meekness is con- uh, a power under control, not weakness. Meekness is power under control for they will inherit the earth. Do mere humans inherit the earth unless they have, I don't know, like they sold their soul to the devil. <laughs> <laughs> do mere humans, do you get to hear that? If you're a mere human, think about it. You mere human doing your mere life. You know, you're doing the, your mere life, your mere human life. You really want to call yourself a mere human. Think about it. Your mere human life. You got a minimum wage job. You're on the bus. And by the way, if you're a son of God or, or a daughter of God, you might have a minimum wage job and might be doing the bus. But guess what? You have the peace of heaven. You have access to joy unlimited. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Makarios for those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Think of how many people in our time Mourn and mourn and mourn and mourn, or they prolong mourning and they keep on mourning and they hold mourning and they they mourn their entire lives. They hold grudges their entire lives because they didn't mourn. For they will be comforted. These are promises. These are promises because we have access as sons and daughters of God. That is so good. Blessed are the poor in spirit. How do you get poor in spirit? How do you get that pride gone? How? Are you going to cover up your pride? (laughs) Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Wait a minute. You only have ownership over the kingdom of heaven if it's blessed in front of it. And you're poor in spirit. There's a blessed in front of that. Heath, is there a blessed in front of that poor in spirit? There sure is. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So I want to impart right now in Jesus' name and Ethan in Jesus' name, revival right now in Jesus' name. And and the Lord wants to right now, if you're having a hot, yes, Lord, a hot right hand right now, if you're hot right hand from elbow to fingertips, okay, is on fire, not literally, but in the spirit. You have a warming sensation. You have a numbing sensation on your right hand right now. The spirit's doing this to listeners and viewers. If you have that right now, the spirit wants you to know you are a revivalist. You just got an impartation. You are participating in Makarios stuff. Okay? Uh... So in Jesus' name, Lord, thank you for touching your sons and your daughters with the impartation, the gift of revivalist. Now, guys, that may not necessarily be in the Bible, but evangelism is. 
And evangelism and revival have a lot in common. Evangelism is it, it, revival. Evangelism happens in a revival. It's like a big old evangelism bomb. <laughs> right. And evangelism is is the is in the spirit evangelism. And you can watch this on people's face when when the spirit of evangelism is touching them. You can watch their eyes open, hope come in, life come into their face. You mean God loves me? And they actually hear it for the first time. You mean, you mean all of my everything, my guilt, shame, condemnation is bought and paid for. And I partner into this and it's tossed into the sea of forgetfulness. You mean all my negativity, all the negativity around me is completely paid for? And they have these realizations. Right. So in Jesus' name, thank you for revivalist being laid on those, dropped into those that have that hot right hand right now in Jesus' name. And that when they touch that and that person that you would have them encounter in love and in Christ or when they pray for that person that you would have them encounter that revival would spread in Jesus mighty name amen amen that was awesome actually by the way <laughs> and yes there were there were hands lighting up just uh just to confirm so okay yes. Good, yes, good, good. Yes, 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 yes. Um, you know, I'm actually glad that you you brought up evangelism because that was another topic that I wanted to make sure we we kind of hit on really quickly in this episode. I didn't want to spend a whole lot of time on it, but just evangelism outreach is important um, it, from this mountain perspective. And again, it can look like something different for everybody. Um, you may not have um, a lot of money, but you're out one day and you're like, hey, I'm going to buy somebody a coffee or a burger you know, or, or maybe you're, you are blessed and you go out and you're like, Hey, I just, I'm going to drop a thousand dollars here at, uh, you know, Burger King and I'm going to buy a thousand dollars worth of lunches for people coming through. Um, or it may be that, that you are called to, to partake in street ministry or backpack ministry or door knocking ministry or whatever, whatever it may be in your local area. Uh, or maybe there's not something in your local area. Maybe you need to, uh, start it yourself. Um, that, that could be as well. You know, there, there are groups like, you know, you hear us talk about every show redemption squad. Uh, they are a huge evangelism outreach organization in our area. I know there are some in other areas as well. Um, so again, th this is a key component to, to basically partner with the great commission and go out and spread the good news to spread the gospel of Jesus and to go out and to really, bless other people and to help them realize that they're not alone, that they're not too far gone. They're not broken. They're not whatever that they can actually be saved at this point, no matter what they've done, that there is a better way, a better life for them. Um, and, and so, yeah, I just wanted to make sure that we, we did touch on that this episode to, to kind of help tie that in, that that is a part of this mountain. And again, not everybody is gifted the, the spiritual gift of evangelism. Um, but it doesn't mean you can't partner with it. it doesn't mean you can't take part in it. Um, because while I don't necessarily believe that before today, that was one of my 
things. Um, you know, I still go out with Redemption Squad as much as I can. I still go knock on people's doors and, you know, take boxes and talk to them about Jesus and pray with them um, and to let them know, hey, they're not alone. And so I guess the takeaway there is if I can do it, you can do it. Um, you know, you don't have to have an evangelism gift to go out and talk about God. You can do it at work. You know, you if you listened a couple episodes ago, um, when we were talking about, uh, you know, God doing some work in me and this employee that I had that kept talking about Radiant Church and how great it was. She wasn't necessarily talking about Jesus all the time. She wasn't talking about how great God was. She was talking about how great this church was and how God moved in this church. Right. Um, and, and she was planting a seed. And so it can be something as simple as that. It doesn't have to be like, you know, you don't have to be like Mario Murillo and throwing up a tent somewhere and talking about how great God is. You can be yeah. doing evangelism where you are um, well and and for you when she was talking to you she right. was talking to a brother in christ she wasn't right. she wasn't even talking to someone outside the faith she's right. <laughs> i mean that's actually as featherweight as it gets right. and no disrespect to anyone in that story at all but like right. you're talking to a fellow christian about the church you go to when they are to go into a church yeah exactly and yet it and yet it changed your life yeah, it completely changed my life. So you don't you don't know what what the seed you're planting can do. Um, and again, you're we talked about it earlier. You may not see immediate fruit with with a healing or with whatever. The same thing applies with evangelism. Maybe you're not going to see immediate fruit and a bunch of people saved when you're out and about. But what you did do is you planted a seed, and somebody else is going to come along behind it and water that seed and nurture that seed and pour more into that seed until that fruit finally appears. Um, you know, God has this incredible thing that he does where he doesn't waste anything that we do. Um, when we're, when we're doing a work, a good faith work from our heart, because we care, because we love people, because we love God and we're going out and we're doing these things. He's not going to waste that work. Just because you don't see the fruit right then and there doesn't mean that your time, energy, effort, and and your part in it was wasted. He's going to use that and turn it into something beautiful. Amen. Okay, so there was there was my soapbox. Ooh. <laughs> soapbox. Ooh. That's right. Um, you know, there's I guess a couple a couple final things I had in my notes. Um, I wanted to get through before we we kind of got to an end point in the show um, was just kind of reminding everybody to don't let the enemy blind you as to who is really in charge. The devil would like you to believe nothing else that, that he's the one in control of everything, that your situation, that you're never going to get out of it. You're going to be stuck there forever, that you're going to never heal, that you're going to be brokenhearted. You're going to be abused and battered and you're worth all of that miserable treatment that, that you've experienced. And that's not the case. God is the one in control. It is not, not the enemy. And just to kind of give you some scripture backing for that, um, John 3, 17 through 18, for God did not send his son into this world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Oh, that gave me tingles. Wow. Thank you. Um, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only son. Mm. Um, John 14, 6, there is only one 
one one i'm gonna say it again for the for those in the back in the cheap seats there is one way to heaven and that is through jesus christ john 14 6 says jesus answered i am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me and i can tell you that some things lately in the news the enemy is trying to tell you that there are all kinds of ways and his way is the best way but jesus says very clearly here no one comes to the father except through me period and finally um, how far you are from the kingdom of God is dependent upon you and only you. You're the one who creates the distance between you and the Father, between you and Jesus. In one sense, you're really not that far away. He's right there next to you right now. As you're listening to this broadcast, he's right there with you. You're as close as one decision away. It's your it's only your decision, yours and yours alone, to allow Christ to rule in your heart that keeps you out of the kingdom. You can choose to let him in. You can choose to keep him out. The choice is yours. But based on what I just gave you from John 3 and from John 14, 6, Jesus is the only way. So you need to make room and let him in. Because otherwise, John 3, 17, 18 says... You're going to stand condemned because you've not believed. And here's the other thing. I had this debate a lot, you know, with my faith for many people in my life, you know, that they, they didn't believe and it didn't matter what I said. I was never going to, you know, convince them that, you know, my way of thinking was was the right way. Um, and not that I'm, you know, trying to say your way is the wrong way, but I definitely believe, you know, my way is the better way. And I I really just I come back to this point that what what if, what if I'm right? What if I'm right? What if my way of thinking is right? What if my belief system is right and the day of judgment comes and you're not a believer and you don't get to go to heaven. You don't get to spend eternity in heaven. Okay? I'm out nothing by my belief. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm going to die at some point. And that's it. I'm not out anything by believing in what I believe. I, however, believe that my way is correct. I believe that what the Bible says is correct. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, for your sins, for all the stuff, so that we could have eternal life in heaven with him. And, and so I'm not, I'm not out anything by believing what I believe. My world is a lot better because I believe what I believe. The things that God has done in my life since accepting him into my heart and into my life, oh, so much better than doing it my way. So again, um, if you're tired of doing things the hard way, you're tired of being faced with obstacle after obstacle. And again, I'm not to say that following Jesus is going to free you from obstacles. Guess what? There's probably going to be a few more that come your way. That's just part of it. Because once you say, Jesus is Lord of my life, and I believe it in my heart, I've confessed it with my mouth, then automatically the enemy knows who you are because he knows that he has a harder chance of keeping you from all the blessings and all the good stuff that God has for you. 
So I want to encourage you, if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, um, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that here in a little bit uh, because it's never too late. doesn't matter what you're into, how deep into the muck and the mud and the mire you are. Um, there is redemption. There is a way out. Um, so yeah, again, another soapbox, but there you go. Well, why don't we, um, why don't we read this and then what we will pray? How about that? All right. Okay. Uh, I believe the Lord directed me over to this scripture. Um, uh, this is the Shema. Hear, O Israel. I want to say that again. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands. Buy them, bind them on your foreheads. Write them on your door frames, on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. When the Lord, your God, brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with large flourishing cities you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Then, when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Mm. And so as we as we venture into the land of the Lord and we do participate in the benefits of community uh, in Jesus. And my goodness, even, you know, sometimes our faith in the Lord does bring us into um, more of where he wants us, a place in the faith where, where he kind of puts us in a, in a place of either it might be leadership. It might be, it might be more of a sedimentary uh, a place of uh, influence, maybe. But when you're there and when you've been complimented by the Lord that much, right? Um, don't forget God. Uh, do not do not forget Him. Um, in fact. We're to stare at Jesus' face frequently to walk on the water. Um, when we take our eyes off of him, we, we sink. Um, and, and so thank God that the Spirit and the law, the Holy Spirit and the law are inseparable. And Heath and I and Ethan, we definitely encourage you um, to walk in the Word of God. Um, going to the Word of God is is like many things. I could describe it as a time machine. Going to the word of God is, is, is it is so alive 
it interacts with so much of your being. Uh, and if you're young in Christ, you may not even be aware of how much it's interacting with your being, just as a baby is not aware of how or when it got fed, but that it's now starting to realize things and be aware and more aware as a toddler. All Babies don't remember much, but babies do need to be taken care of so they can get raised into um, people of God more mature people of God who can eat some meat and instead of just milk. I'm talking in scripture language. Why? Because it's in my heart. <laughs> it's on my heart and we're in the spirit. Not only is it on my heart, written on my heart, on my hard drive, but we're also in the spirit, which would be the internet. <laughs> It'd be the Holy spirit internet. <laughs> so I'm talking in, I'm talking in uh, figures here, but um, I, Heath, I felt led to read that. Um, that scripture was just laid over uh my head the other night uh, in a in a house meeting where I was activated in the Lord at a new level, and that was a blessed night. And that was me further going into this mountain because the yes. Lord has called me into this church mountain. I love the church. I love the ecclesia. I love serving God and serving His people. Right. And Heath does too. Ethan does too. I mean, this we we love cultivating a culture of church priesthood prophethood if we'll call it that the prophet right priest prophet king we love cultivating a culture of jesus showing us how to do this stuff right Heath. well and i i just want to tack onto there that you know church is not a building um as i mentioned earlier in this episode church is right here it's in you um so you don't have to have a building you don't have to belong somewhere you can just be you in the middle of nowhere with the Bible and the Lord and you're in church. Um, and that's the, that's the beautiful thing about what we believe. It's not, it's not a building. Yes. There is something that happens that I can't even put into words when you're together with a group of believers that believe the same stuff that you do. And, and when that happens and you invite the Holy spirit into that place, you know, whether it's a, a home meeting or whether it's in a church building or whatever, because the Bible does talk about the need for us to get together as believers. There is some strength in numbers when we're praying, when we're doing some other, some other acts, there's a whole lot of things that happen when we worship together as a group. Um, and, and so it talks about that, but, th but there's something that special happens too, when you're just in a little home church, or you're just spending time like you know i i take time now and again to drive up the mountain and, and sit at this waterfall and just talk to god and it, it's incredible the things that happen there um and just that closeness and that that sense of of love that you feel when you're just taking time to engage with god um another another point i wanted to make is you know i talked about a little bit ago that you know you're gonna you're gonna face trials you're gonna face stuff um and, and I want to, I want to give you a word of encouragement. You know, James one, two through four talks about the fact that we should consider it pure joy when we're faced with trials, um, because they're going to happen anyway, but through the trials and through the testing of our faith that produces perseverance and the perseverance is going to finish its work so that we, we may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. So remember when you're going through a storm, and, and this is the hardest thing in the world to do. I will, I will say I'm preaching to me right now. Um, remember to praise through the storm. 
give thanks for the storm and through the storm. Um, and you're going to find the more you do that, as, as I'm learning and practicing more and more, that the storm doesn't look so bad. It's not as scary when you're like, you know, thank you for, thank you for the storm and thank you for the things I'm learning through the storm. And thank you for, you know, for strengthening me and building me up and having the, the love and compassion you have for me to, to allow me to go through this trial. Um, you know, when you start looking at life that way, again, your perspective is going to change. You're going to find a more positive attitude. Um, because again, Jesus came to not condemn the world, but to save the world, to seek and save that which was lost, uh, Luke 19, 9 through 10. So, you know, there there is hope. There is purpose with this mountain. Uh, and I hope that we've conveyed that to you today, that, you know, this mountain is by far the most important mountain of all seven that we've talked about, that it influences all the others, um, that faith and our beliefs tend to shape the society we live in um and so there there's a lot of importance here um one final thing i think before we start heading up to close the show we've been given prayer points um through every one of these mountain uh episodes there's there's a couple here that i want to throw out for you today um so first we want to pray that believers on the on this mountain have a strong presence upon the other six mountains we want to pray that all forms of idolatry and deception existing in the religious mountain be dis dispossessed. We want to pray that followers of Jesus will understand and demonstrate his love, power, and authority everywhere they're called to work and live. Uh, let's see. We want to pray that Jesus be recognized as prophet, priest, and king in every sphere of life. We pray the Great Commission will be understood in terms of both personal salvation and discipling of neighborhood cities and nations. We pray that new and powerful forms of worship occur in spirit and truth in church environments to the detriment of all empty religious ritual. We pray that the gifts of the Holy Spirit be recognized, understood, and be welcomed everywhere. Um, I think that's can my... I, can I add one? Yeah, go ahead, please. Because I was just hearing an amazing uh, teaching on this, and I completely agree with this teacher, and I was I was raised up in the faith in this, in this and I really want to bring this to our listeners guys pray the word of god becomes the plumb line of belief among all believers and i'm going to add additionally to that quick 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 description of it um lord i pray that all believers around the world especially those listening to our voices would step into the word of god with the Holy Spirit and Lord Holy Spirit, that you would guide them on a path of right. Um, systematic mapping of the word with you, Holy Spirit, be in a new way. Their counselor, their teacher, that the scriptures would interpret the scriptures, especially with the help and power of the Holy Spirit. Um, and that wielders of the sword would become better at it in Jesus name. That if a wielder of the sword of God, if they pull out the sword out of the sheath and it looks like a scalpel, they will not be offended, but they would do the work of a surgeon like Christ would. Uh, and if they are overly aggressive and they pull out 
the sword out of the sheath and it looks like a machete. Maybe they need to take a few breaths. Maybe they need to get some counseling on how to approach the scenario and not Bible bash. Lord, may a movement of not Bible bashing, but rightly dividing happen in the earth in Jesus name. That, that the effectiveness of the word of God would be a great concern to every believer all over the earth and that they would partner in rightness and in the right timing uh, and in obedience to the Holy Spirit with the word of God, Lord, help us get better with our swords, Lord God, that we could learn to rightly divide the word of truth systematically or, or, or empirically sometimes um, in statement sometimes, or, but, but Lord, however you guide each believer that they would take with, with the fear of the Lord, with a good dose of the fear of the Lord, they would take wielding the sword of God and the spirit seriously because it is, it's as foreign on this earth when wielded rightly as a lightsaber is. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. That's awesome. Um, also, I alluded to it, but I did not speak up earlier when you were praying about um, that impartation. Um, my hand did light up, by the way. Uh, oh, you're a revivalist. <laughs> yeah, the Holy thanks. Spirit says you're a revivalist. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I figured that from, from the prayer oh, okay. impartation. But just just to <laughs> acknowledge for our listeners, um, when I when I did say it up until this episode, I believed I wasn't. Um, that was me kind of acknowledging at least on the DL. So I'm just going to publicly acknowledge. Yes. My hand lit up uh, And a word of wisdom to anyone who did feel that uh, tingly or fiery sensation in the hand. And that was a sign from the Lord to you that you are receiving the impartation of spiritual gift of revivalist, which could be a conglomerate of gifts for you uh, to whatever you might need to be bolder in a, in a season of revival. Okay. What I'm trying to say is this, I'll tell you what Paul told Timothy fan into flame the mm. gift that was laid upon you i'll stop the quote there because obviously with the laying on of hands i wasn't able to lay on the hand lay on my hand on you this time but right the holy spirit laid his hand on you right isn't that a so good that okay. is awesome so fan into flame practice get in the word practice get into prayer practice get in get into uh either counseling that loved one or or however the lord have you practice um the impartation of revival. Definitely. All right. Well, with that, I think, um, yeah, I think I'm going to save that last prayer point I had. And I think we might want to consider doing a show on the topic of the fivefold ministry, just to kind of give some yes. further context for our listeners. So I'm going to reserve that prayer point for a later, a later show. Um, you know, we've we've talked about this for a few shows now that we never want to close a show um, without giving you guys the opportunity to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Um, if you don't have one, you sure can. Like I said, it's not it's not too late. There's there's nothing that you can do that that's gonna make you exempt from that. Um, it really just requires you to profess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he's your Lord and Savior. Um, and so today, if today's the day for you, today's the day you decide, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do things my way anymore. I've, I'm tired of struggling. I'm tired of 
you know, feel like I'm beating my head against the wall, whatever it is, um, you know, I, I want that relationship with Jesus. Um, we're going to go ahead and say a prayer with you. Um, so if you will uh, bow your head and close your eyes, unless, of course, you're driving, then don't do that. Um, but you can say you can still say this with us. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't be driving with the force. Not a good idea. Um, <laughs> so we're going to say, dear God. Dear God. I know that I have sinned. I know I've sinned. But I believe. I believe. That Jesus died in my place. Jesus died in my place. And God, you raised him from the dead. God, you raised him from the dead. And Jesus. And Jesus. I confess that you are Lord. I confess you are Lord. Please be Lord of my life. Please be Lord of my life. Wash away my sin. Wash away my sin. And give me the power to follow you. I need the power to follow you. Amen. Amen. Now, if you said that simple prayer, we believe you were born again. And we would love to share in that with you. You can write us at prayer at rmr.live, and we'd be happy to celebrate with you and welcome you to the family. Uh, and of course, the reason we tell you this is because, again, this is a decision that's going to change your life, and we don't want you to be alone in that. Um, because the next step is, of course, to get yourself into a good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, Holy Spirit-filled church. And the reason we recommend that is because, again, you made this declaration that Jesus is Lord of your life, and automatically that's going to separate you from the work that the enemy was trying to do in your life and that's going to also upset the enemy a little bit so we want to help make sure that you've got the knowledge the skills the tools that you need to help walk the walk with jesus to get closer to him and to to basically turn your life around for the better um, so reach out to us let us know if you don't want to reach out to us let a friend know let a family member know let someone at a local church know but let somebody know that you made that decision um with that, any final thoughts, Michael? No, I ran out. You ran out. <laughs> All right. Um, I am. I'm actually glad that we got to do this series. Um, when the Holy Spirit first gave us the idea for this this particular series, I was a little overwhelmed because there's a lot to it, and I and I hope that. Um, you've been able to take something away from this, you know, from each one of these episodes um, that, that you've got a little more foundation to help you operate in your spheres of influence um, and that you are, are getting equipped with the things that you need to be more missional where you're at. Because again, we, we try to deliver content from the, the earliest, you know, the youngest believer uh, in the faith to someone who's who's been in the faith for, for years and years. Um, and so we want to have content that you guys can take away from that. And we hope that we've provided that for you. I know that every episode I'm just amazed as I'm putting them together and watching them back at what God does and, and the content that we're putting out. And, and so thank you for tuning in everybody. Um, we should probably uh, do another closing prayer before we get into housekeeping. What do you think? Yeah. Hey, hey, in Jesus' name, um, Lord, we just thank you. Father, we thank you for every listener. We yes. thank you for their families and their lives. And Lord, we just want to bless with what we've been given right now to them. In Jesus' name, Lord, silver and gold, we have none. Um, but we give what we have right now in the name of Jesus. 
And man, hey, guys, if there's any healing that just happened, would you please write us? Either go to our Facebook page or uh, email Heath. Um, we just, we just want, we definitely would love to hear about the feedback. But, but, Lord Jesus, right now we just release peace and the presence of God over every listener right now in Jesus' name. We thank you for that supernatural peace, the peace that passes all understanding, the peace that you said you will never... um, mm, Let me remember this verse. My peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, I do not give it as the world gives. And, um, you know, silver and gold we have none. But what we do have, we just... Lord Jesus, we just thank you for you and how we can pass you along to uh, believers and non-believers alike. And Lord, thank you for this series and thank you for this time of looking at different mission fields that you've provided all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And and I also feel just a led to kind of tack on there that if you're having any kind of doubt or any kind of hesitation I speak against that in Jesus name that all doubt be removed in Jesus name Um, you are you are chosen you are loved you are equipped you are capable because again he doesn't doesn't call us when we're qualified he calls us and then qualifies us so you can do those things that Jesus did and greater so in Jesus' name, I speak against any doubt, any hesitation, any any worry, any fear in your mind that, oh, you're not good enough or you can't do these things. I speak against that in Jesus' name because you are able to do those things. And with that, thank you very much, guys, for tuning in. I am so happy we've done this series. I, I'm glad that we ended on this one. Um, as a reminder, if you like today's show and the show's content, we encourage you to share it with your friends, your family, your loved ones, even your Nana. Because sharing is caring. <laughs> and love you, Nana. Love you, Nana. That is right. And remember to check out rmrr.live for all the latest information and updates about the show. Like and subscribe to the show's YouTube and Rumble pages because that helps us to go live and we want to go live so bad. Uh, and follow us on all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Truth, um, all the things. Podcast listeners, I say this every show and I'm going to say it again. I love each and every one of you around the globe. Um, we've had a few more dots pop up recently. And so we thank each and every one of you for tuning in, uh, spending, uh, some time with us and the Lord each week. And we thank you for those, um, that don't know we are on 12 different podcast providers at this point in time. So you can find us pretty much anywhere and everywhere on podcast. If you don't want to watch the show, um, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. You can listen because you know, face for radio. Come on. Um, (laughs) And if you feel led to donate to the show, there are links to do so on the website down below in the description. And for those watching, they're going to be on your screen. All donations are going to go to hosting fee software equipment to help us provide better content. And also we're going to be giving where the Holy Spirit directs us to give. Um, And that's going to be, again, to Redemption Squad for the time being. We're still partnering with them. So a good portion of our donations are going to them uh, because we believe in what they're doing as well. 
And remember, guys, get yourself into a good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, Holy Spirit-led church. Plug into groups and discipleship opportunities and serve in any way you can. And for those that were watching and noticed Ethan hopped off, he's got a bit of an allergy thing happening. So we're just praying for his recovery. So just wanted to give the folks watching a heads up. You guys that are listening, you're not even going to know he was gone. Um, thanks for joining us, guys. We hope you have a great week. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to Rocky Mountain Revival Radio.